1: Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the first place Padres, they will talk about Eric Hosmer, and they will do a Padres Twitter segment. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric Labou.
0: And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host Danny Ortiz and I have been blessed with Big time, Eric Labou. <laughs> Welcome back, Eric. Your first gig post-1090. Hey, hey, you know, I, I had a great run at 1090. I'm surprised I, you're even here. I, I don't know how I booked you.
1: You know, I, I met a lot of great people along the way, and, you know, I'll forever, I'll forever cherish my time that I spent there uh, with the fine folks in that building, you know. Uh, lo- lots of great people there, you know. I, I had a great time. Uh, it was a great career, but I had to move on to uh, take my talents elsewhere.
0: Yes, I am glad that uh, you chose uh, the 5.5 Pod as the next chapter. Yeah, always
1: oh, eternal really grateful for the opportunity. Of course, absolutely.
0: Thank God that they I'm just not... you know they couldn't afford me.
1: the The food budget it just <laughs> got too much, and that's that <laughs> was a sticking point. It's not uh not supposed to be public our negotiations, but I just made it public. So yeah, there, there you, you go. go. All right, so well, nonetheless, I'm happy to have you. And I do want to say we're recording outside today at yes. the uh, our outdoor studio here. So if you guys hear birds chirping. And you guys hear maybe cars driving by. We're not doing our best impersonation of uh, Make the Padres Great Again. We're just recording outside. Because uh, it just moved, I'm now a, a proud resident of Claremont, California. You're
0: not that far away from the previous studio location, surprisingly. Yeah,
1: yeah five miles, yeah. literally. So uh, we do In our second room, we have all of our all of our boxes and stuff, so We're not inside yet. Um, so if you guys hear the outside noise, I'm sorry. Uh, be
0: at one with nature. Yes, I wish I'd have brought a jacket, but because uh, I'm I'm getting cold. But who's not cold? Is our first place San Diego Padres. Now, Amen. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Were they in first place a week ago? I feel like we were close. Um, I want to say they were close. Oh,
1: yeah, they, def- so. they definitely didn't have the best record in the National League, though,
0: because that's what we're looking at now. You are correct. I don't think they were in first place based on the notes from last week. However, um you know, we are in first place. The Dodgers completely tanked. They are hurting bleeding internally with no end in sight thanks to their pitching. And meanwhile, with the Padres and their, you know, tissue paper uh, thin pitching, have somehow managed <laughs> to hold on to first place and continue to win series. The only series they had won was the Diamondbacks. They handled them uh, handedly. And... Uh, the left side of our infield seems to be carrying the team, I would think. You know, they have
1: won so many games by three or, or fewer runs. Yeah. Uh, they have a negative run differential. I was just going to look <laughs> it up. I wanted to see I think it's I think it's minus one. You might be right. A negative run differential, and they have – it may not be the best record in the National League anymore, but it's certainly the best for the National League West. Yeah. So it, it's just really – really, Hard to believe that all these breaks that have been coming have been falling in our direction.
0: They usually don't. Now I heard you guys. Ever. Yeah, very rarely. Um, I heard you talking with Stephen Woods on your big time gig uh-huh. about uh, you know Andy Green and judging you know he's is he making the right moves? People are complaining. I always judge the process, right? Like, I don't look at... We had a, a talk about this in our, uh, our Sunday League Sunday yesterday, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I always... Jesus Christ. And I will always say, regardless of decision, I always look at the process. Because you can't control the outcome. Right. You can influence the outcome, but at the end of the day, the outcome's a coin flip. So, you know, either the reliever's going to come through or he's not. The hitter's going to come through or he's not. Stealing a base with uh, nobody out and the winning run on second, that's either going to come through or not. No so out. <clears>
1: no, outs. no outs. No outs, yes. Yeah, yeah Nobody
0: out. So... You have to judge the process, the thought process behind it. I have to say that I like the way, and uh, and I'm gonna shit on Andy Green later. Don't worry, uh, jack off. But um, I like the way. Apologist. Yes. Uh, no, not apologizing. Just you know, giving credit where credits due. I think the way Green is using his bench outside of Mejia has been pretty good. Like, he's getting Renfro pretty consistent at bats, despite Renfro not really being um, the starter. Reyes is constantly in the lineup, and he's stuck with him, even when he was struggling. And now he's batting in the two-hole, which is... You know, was he
1: really struggling,
0: though? I mean, not struggling from a standpoint of, like, you know, he's struggling because he's striking out a ton, like Urias was struggling in the spring. Like, struggling like, I'm hitting bullets and nothing's falling. Like Wait, that sucks. Right. Like, and I understand True. the mental break. Right? But he stuck with him anyways. Like it could have been easy for him to go. Nope. Nope. Gonna sit you down. You're not the guy. Yeah. Right. So, um, to the Padres' credit, like every time Andy Green makes a move, which for the most part, like when he's pulling the starters, I don't think that's a bad idea either. Just because I don't think other than Paddock, any of their starters really have the stuff to get through the third time of the order. I question if some of them have an opportunity to get through the order the second time through. <laughs> like I'm on the edge of my seat, wondering. Okay. When are they going to implode? Anytime uh or Lauer are up there, I'm like, okay. When are they going to implode? Right. Are they going to leave some pitches over the plate because they don't have good stuff, you know, great stuff? But you know, Green has been pushing the, pulling the right strings, and uh, as far as like you know, bullpen management and getting guys at bats late in games. Um, as far as the run differential goes, you're right. They're minus one. Uh, they should be eight and nine. Uh, they're minus three actually. Uh, they should be eight and nine right now, going wow. on eleven and six. Wow. <laughs> So the luck may not last, but we could be uh, the Baltimore Orioles that one year where they won, like, a record number of one-run games. It's not repeatable, but we might find that luck. And, and I think that that's my my issue with it, is whenever it comes to luck, like, this isn't
1: going to last, right? Like, the Padres are like the padres are like Cinderella, right? And after after a while, I mean, we're only 16 games in. Yeah. So there's going to come a point in time where that carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin.
0: Uh, you might be right. Now, we were 10 and 5. That's what happened just, in that movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Don't <laughs> act. Don't lie. Don't act like you've never seen it. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah, sure. You have a daughter, right guy. Now. I don't watch Cinderella. All Anyways, right. nonetheless... Um, I think the last time they were this good was when they went 10-5 and five, um, to start 2015, and right. then the Wills fell off. Now, right. I do think this team is just better. I had worries about that 2015 team because, A, Matt Kemp was DOA. Um, B, you had Will Myers playing in center field. The infield was atrocious. Yonder Alonzo, not current Yonder, not launch angle Yonder, uh, launch angle Yonder. You had ground ball Yonder or Eric Hosmer Yonder hitting at first, Jerko at second. Uh, whoever Barmas Emery stayed short in Middlebrook. So I think this team is better. I'm just so sick of comparing this team to 2015. Like, literally the only reason why this
1: team is compared to 2015 is because we have players that we recognize. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason. Other than that, it's completely different. I Everything think, is different about yeah, and it. and that's I feel like comparing them to the 2015
0: team is tired. I think, and that's where I was going, is that with that team, you can see how it could crater really quickly and why it cratered very quickly. Whereas this team... The only issue in the infield I have right now, and we'll touch on him later, is Hosmer. Like, the left side of our infield is probably the best left side of any infield in the Major Leagues. I mean, if unless Lindor Ramirez are healthy and playing every day, I would say we could give and even then, I think you can give them a run for their money with our left side. Our outfield is really good. We'll touch on Reyes a little bit later on, a little bit more in depth. But Fran Mill Reyes has arrived. I mean, he he swatted a ball into the pole. It was like a two-strike approach. (laughs) Like, oh, slider, I better just make a nice adjustment and hit it 400 feet the other way. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. You know, Margot is hitting. um, You know, Will Myers is on an absolute tear. Uh, So I think this team, roster construction-wise, is built much better. Than, you, the previous, than the 2015 model, and um, I don't see them cratering. I see them coming back down to earth a little bit, but I can't see them cratering.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Now, I, I want to get your thoughts on something, and uh, this came to me the other day, and I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a good thing or a bad thing or, or what, but it's just kind of an, an observation that I had, and this is during the uh, Arizona series, and later in the game, the entire team was at the top rail of the dugout, and, I mean, it's April... April 15th today. So I was thinking to myself that I feel like this team, they need to decide whether they wanna be a team that wants to win, or whether they wanna be a team that expects to win. Cause there's nothing wrong with getting excited and being on the top, the, you know, the top rail, of the dugout, um, and being really happy for a player when you guys are fighting towards a common cause. But like that kind of energy and that kind of um, you know intensity over a course of 162 games, it's not going to hold. Like, that's not sustainable. Like, they're going to have to come to a point where it's like, hey, like, yeah, of course we won this game because we're the Padres, and that's what we do now. We win games. Like, I get being excited. Um, I I, I totally get being excited, but at some point, it's going to have to come to the point where that's just second nature. Like, these things happen because we're good ballplayers. You know what I mean? And I I don't know. I just thought – that's what I thought, and I wanted to kind of get your – your take on that
0: i can see that i can see that um where you go from wanting to win to expect to win i think with the Padres, here's here's the thing um and i was actually talking to my mom about this the other day like when i think about the Padres that expected to win which is basically 04 through 07 like those teams expected to win i expected them to win even though they were very you know bland like i expected this team's gonna make the playoffs or push for the playoffs um the flavor's a little bit different and not to bring you know race into this, (laughs) but this team has a lot more Latin flavor than those old-school, you know, Hostess White Bread teams. Like, you know, we had Gonzalez, and then, like, we'd have some guys here or there, but, you know, this team has a little bit more flavor, and I think that's part of it. I think with Manny coming in, you know, he's obviously got swag. Tatis has swag. Fran Milreyas just oozes machismo. Oh, yeah. I mean... He really does. He needs... I I don't know what his walk-up music is, but it's got to be something like just... Unbelievably cool. Like he is, he just walks around and he is the man. I think the flavor is a little bit different, and a lot of t- a lot of it too. I think is a lot of these guys are really really young. Yeah. I mean, I think we might be the youngest team in baseball. They you are. know Ian Skindler is old on any team, but he's ancient on this team. Yeah. You know, because everybody, you know, our best player uh, in Machado is 26. Our next guy is Tatis, who's 20, and so on and so forth. So, I think that also has a lot to do with it. I do think they expect to win. But I also think that they expect people to expect them to lose. Yeah. And I think that's where part of the fire is. Like, hey, let's go out. And when Chato said it, like, I think we're going to surprise people. Yeah, I think we could push, you know, for a wild card. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, um, which I think was an honest take. But, uh, you know, we could push for a wild card. I don't think people are expecting it. But, you know, we think we can be good now. So I think there's that expectation from them. And that they're just fired up because, A, the fan base is following them. There are fans in Arizona. Uh, Uncle Teddy, noticeable, yeah, Uncle Arizona Teddy, Arizona and San Francisco. Yeah, Uncle Teddy had mentioned on Hedges' his home run in Arizona to give him the lead, that two-run, massive, bomb he hit. Yeah, that, he's, <laughs> yeah.
1: that he's, was a mammoth. Oh,
0: geez, just an absolute bomb to left field. Yeah, but Leitner had mentioned in the broadcast. I thought the ball was going foul and that fans were cheering it for it to go foul, and then when it landed, they still kept cheering, and I realized, my gosh, that's Padre fans. <laughs> so. I yeah. think with the energy from opening day on and then the team continually winning that they're not expecting to win. I think this energy can last all whole season because they're pushing for that playoff spot. And I think they realize, like, hey, you know, we're, we're winning on this by the skin of our teeth, but um, let's keep it going. It might die out in the summer, you know, as they're getting towards that 100-game mark. But um, for right now, I think it's fine as they keep building a cushion and continue to win and then get to that point. It's like, okay, now we know we're here. Like, it's, you know, hopefully by June, hey, we're still in it. We're, you know, we're two games out or – you know we're still in the wild card hunt we're still in the divisional hunt like now we expect to win the division.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I just, me personally, I don't think it's sustainable for the entire season. Because, like, right now, the intensity that they're bringing, it's like playoff atmosphere. Every game. With yeah. the way that they're reacting. And, the, I mean, they're hanging on every pitch yeah. at this point, which, I mean, I love to see it. As a fan, I love to see it. But I was trying to put my analytical hat on.
0: Excited scene. You have
1: one of those? I didn't know you had an analytical and hat. And I was, well, we'll talk about that in Does a little it have bit. have, like,
0: the little propeller at the very yeah, top.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But,. Um, yeah, I was just kind of wondering. I was like, "Hmm, like, I wonder if this is a really good thing, or if it's something that we should maybe like, you know, cool off a little bit. Like, let us get that excited about yeah. it." So,
0: I think it might cool off just because it's hard to keep that intensity over 162 games, and baseball is a sport of. Peaks and valleys. They're gonna hit a wall at some point where they like they'll drop a series or they'll they'll go like four and six at some like during some stretch run. So yeah, these breaks uh, aren't always gonna go their way. No, that's, no. That's winning a fact. one winning one run games is not sustain. It's not a sustainable approach. You can't build a team to do that.
1: Especially when they're using the bullpen as much as they're using it now. Yeah. Like that's that's not gonna hold. And I feel like the thing that like. Us fans, and what we need to realize and what we need to remember and keep in the back of our head as we're watching these games is that at the end of the day, like, yeah, everyone, you always want to win. And this year, going off to a start like we did now, um, you know, 11, was it 11 and 6? Six, six, 11 and 6. You you want to expect the best and you want to hope for the best, but I don't think, I feel like we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that this still should be viewed as a developmental year. Yeah. And, and that's the thing where it's like, you want to win games, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like, Andy should be throwing his pitchers out there for the third time through the lineup because of the fact that I feel like this should be, still be a developmental year and these guys aren't getting the chance to work their way through a lineup a third time to see if they're even capable of doing that because we're in win now mode. So I, I, I feel like that's kind of kind of cheating some of the development out of these kids that need that. And they're going to need that if they're going to be part of a, the next successful Padres team. I
0: do think it's hit. I do think it's it's a case by case basis as far as going through the third time of the order. I feel like he's tried to get guys. It's like he's tried to get Paddock through the six. Paddock is a special case though because he threw right. ninety innings last year. You know he could. I mean, if they just let him go do what we know he can do, he's going to blow through that. You know, right around the All Star break. Yeah. Um. So he's a special case. But I think looking at the stuff, like I I I get where you're going. But for the guys that they have, like. I have no faith in any of them getting the third time through. If they're cruising, I absolutely believe that he should leave them out there. And so far he has. And then they start running into a little bit of trouble, and then he has a quick hook, which I think is fine. Um, Yeah, but I
1: mean, at times, I want to see how these young pitchers handle adversity. You know, yeah. I want to see themselves work into a jam and see if they're able to sack up and get through it or see if they fold, and then you bring in a reliever. I, I feel like if you give the if you give those guys that chance, it one, you get to see what they're made of, and two, you never know. If they pull through it, you give your bullpen a little bit of a rest. You know, it wouldn't hurt. Oh, man, hey, check it out. Like, we let this guy have a chance at working through this, and he threw six innings today. He threw seven innings today, so we didn't need our pen. We didn't need to rely on our pen that much. And it may cost you a few games, but again – this year, developmental. I still view it as a develop, developmental year, but I mean, hey, I'm not mad about these wins. Trust me. No, absolutely. There's nothing not. I love more than stunning on other teams' face or Twitter pages. Oh, I bet. After a loss. When the other team posts a score and you the Padres win. You like to win,
0: troll? Dude. No. I love it. Padres' I don't Twitter,
1: it. dude, Padres' Twitter's the best. It's, it is. it's the absolute best.
0: We, It is awesome. Just don't chant. Padres Twitter to Padres <laughs> Twitter. Don't be marks for yourselves. Yeah. Um, as far as Andy Green goes, see, this is a tough spot that Andy Green is in because I think he realizes, like, I think if they hadn't signed Machado and they went with whoever the hell they were going to go with at third, uh, like Ty France, I think he'd have been, like, more open to, like, okay, let me see. Like, he left Lauer out there, even though Lauer had a tough start, and then they came back and won that game. Um, so I think had they not signed Machado – Um, Things would be a little bit different, but upon signing Machado and Tatis being brought up, I think that was, and we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but if if you're just sitting there just analyzing those moves and based on what everybody's saying, Tony Gwynn Jr. was saying it, you know, uh, on the broadcast the other night with uh, uh, Ted, you know. Padre fans should admire their front office because while other front offices are worried about service time and retaining a seventh year and trying to manipulate the time so they keep the player longer and worrying about wins in the future, the Padres basically said, you know what, this is our best shortstop right now, so we're just going to bring them up now. Like We're not going to worry about what's going to happen six or seven years down the line. You know, We're going to bring them up now because we want to get those wins now. They're important to us now. So I think from Andy Green's standpoint, it's hard to justify. I think it'd be hard for him to justify and say, yeah, I could leave them out there for developmental purposes. But my GM just spent thirty million dollars on the best third baseman in baseball, who might be an MVP this year. He's already an MVP candidate this early. Right. Like they just brought up their superstar shortstop, who might get Rookie of the Year, and they brought up their best, uh, or at least their closest starter, who might also be Rookie of the Year this year. So, from that standpoint, if you're if you're Andy Green, I mean, you might be thinking like, you know, they're giving me these guns now. They could easily have left them down there for two weeks to a month. So, oh, they need to develop or whatever. But you know, they're they're putting. You know, missed a $30 million on the field, plus our plus two, two of our top prospects. So, you know, and I've been here for X amount of years, and we've got no progress out of it. Well,
1: that doesn't seem to stop him from playing Ian Kinsler instead of Urias. Yeah, let's jump into also, that. It also doesn't seem to stop him from continuing, and he's finally getting out of it, but batting Hosmer in the two-hole, even though he's been struggling. Yeah. Like, it hasn't stopped him from doing that, but it has stopped him from seeing if guys can get through the lineup a third time.
0: Yeah, I think with the Hosmer, the lineup stuff with Andy Green is – it's kind of like with the Framiel Reyes. Like, we looked up Hosmer's number. We'll jump into Hosmer right now. He has been atrocious. Yeah. I mean, he's been unbelievably bad. Um, but he's hitting the ball hard. Yeah. I mean, you – here's, so, here's the thing. I'm so proud of you. And here's right here's what Here's he's what I want to say. He's pulling out the uh, analytics dunce hat as we speak. Here's what I want to say, guys. All right?
1: I did something today. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying this. I will never, ever be a war guy. And I can promise you that. Cause I'm staying on brand. I will never be a war guy. That's fine. But today, I did something that I thought I would never do in my life. I opened up FanGraphs. <laughs> I opened up Fangrass. and you know, <laughs> you know what it was that caused me to go to Fangrass is I was looking and our boy uh, Matt Wynnette from Bluntly Padres, who by the way haven't recorded a podcast since uh, August of last year. Um, Matt <laughs> yeah, I think Lujan's still hotboxing in a parking lot somewhere. Good God, come on, guys! Uh, Winnett posted about how he's so pissed about the Hosmer haters and blah blah blah, and I was like, man, I haven't really paid attention to Hosmer um, because the rest of the team has been so great. So let yeah, me he's look. just kind of buried. All I know, I'm like, hey, you know, he's in the two holes, so he must be doing something right so i'm like let me take a look at his numbers and i looked at his numbers on baseball reference i'm like oh shit, that's terrible <laughs> and i was like you know what let me dive deeper into it so i went to fan graphs i finally did it and i so I, proud of you i'm evolving i'm evolving slowly but surely so i'm sitting there and I'm, I'm looking through the graphs trying to figure out what the hell everything means and i came across something that i thought was kind of uh kind of weird when it comes to hosmer's he's never hit the ball this hard in his entire career He's had great years and he's had terrible years, but never has he hit the ball as hard as he has right now. So you look at his BABIP; he's 25 points below what the league average should be. Now I, I, don't think know, 40 I don't know. I don't know how to, his career. I was gonna say I don't know how to find the career. You know, yet you'll have to show me that. But it's on the
0: front page of uh, FanGraphs. I'll show you later. But yeah, he's Easy
1: he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, his ground ball rates they're not they're better. They've improved from last year. Um, But it just seems like he's not finding holes. Like, he's still hitting the ball on the ground. Like, don't get me wrong. It just seems like he's hitting really hard ground balls. To which, I mean, it comes to a point where it's like, God, dude, like, how many times do we have to tell you? Like, he knows. He has to know, and he has to realize that he needs to hit the ball in the air. I mean, if he's hitting the ball this hard and he's hitting it in the air, guess what? It's gone. And he's getting more base hits that way. He's getting more extra base hits that way. Nothing but good can come from that. And, like, seeing him... Seeing him continue to just, you know, be like, eh, whatever, it's fine. It got me this far. You know, it got me this far, so so who cares? It's so frustrating. Like, you see him out there in in Peoria in spring training. Oh, Hosmer's retooling his swing. Hey, do you guys see him batting practice? And in the games, he's doing a one-hand finish up high. And then even towards the end of spring training, that's just gone. That's gone, so I don't I don't understand, man. Like, he's really frustrating. I want to believe in Hosmer, and I still do, and I, I think that it's going to turn around for him because, I mean, if you hit the ball hard, you're going to find the holes. That happened with Framil Reyes. He's been hitting the ball hard all season. In the air, though. True, but he's been hitting the ball hard all season, and he's finally starting to find holes. So that's going to happen with Hosmer, but something's got to give for him, dude. He's got to make an adjustment.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, and I actually have the graph up. Now, the great thing about fan guys you can – you know, basically uh, filter everything out. So I've got his, I don't care about his WOBA, uh, but I have his hard hit percentage, and then I've got his ground ball percentage. So you're right. His ground ball percentage, according to the graph, which usually hovered around 50%, obviously peaked last year at like 150%. <laughs> he's back down to just under 50 So we'll say 50 Now his hard hit percentage is also creeping up towards 50 So basically half the time, he's hitting the ball on the ground, but half the time he's hitting it on the ground, he's hitting it hard. I think that's really where the problem lies with Hosmer is that um, I can't remember who it was, somebody on Twitter, and I'm sorry that I don't remember who it was, but somebody said he's basically Wally Joyner. If you expect him to put oh. up the Wally Joyner slash line, then you know, you're know you going to be okay. And I, I just expect his career numbers, I'd say he's like a 340 on base, like a 440 slugging, like it's not worth 20 million bucks a year, whatever he's making, but it's enough. Like I can live with that. Um but We're I mean, in year two of that deal, dude. Oh, I know. Year two. I know. Three more years and he makes peanuts. But and, and Josh Naylor looks like he could be a dude. Yeah, I think Josh Naylor is close to major league ready right now. Like, I mean, he could be at first base. Will Myers right now could be at first base, and you could be utilizing uh, Hunter Renfro um, a little bit more. And I like the way Renfro's been used, but still, you know, the the point remains is that. You know, Renfro's going to get on base less than Hosmer, but he's also going to hit for more power. I'm okay with him batting sixth, doing that. Yeah. Whereas Hosmer is just killing us. And, I mean, I have noticed, you know, watching the games. You know how I am when I, I watch a game. I'm right. very analytical. I'm <laughs> I'm watching every play and analyzing as we go. Of course. Uh, the uh, Brian Kenny mode is turned on. Of course. Uh, but to me, that's all Hosmer does. Like, I see pitches that he should absolutely murder up in the zone, and he either he fouls them back, uh, he's out in front of breaking balls. The only thing he really seems to hit in the air or pitches on the outer half. He doesn't turn on anything. And when he does get something over the middle, it's just a ground ball. And there have been times where I'm like, oh, he hit that hard. But it was, like, on the ground. So I don't know what it is about his swing, like, in BP as opposed to the game. But whatever it is, um, something's got to be done because he's killing him. I don't think he's going to be this bad all year. No. But even if his Babbitt bounces back to, like, 300, like, if, if you look on fan graphs and then you can also – I Googled it because I don't know how to get there from the main page. If you Google Eric Hosmer – um exit velocity you can go on mlb's uh, baseball savant page and it will show you like you know little charts and whatnot um his expected batting average based on how hard he's hitting the ball is still only like 255 i think his expected on base is like 300 and like 390 slugging so he's basically he should be hitting what he did last year which was like pretty mediocre right you know and that's that's the hard pill to swallow is that even if he was doing better he wouldn't really be doing that well. At least, not good enough to hit maybe higher than six at this point.
1: Yeah, at this point, it just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah,
0: with I, him. I think he is. I think he is what he is, and it's not like I mean, he's he's drawing more walks, I believe, based on on what I was looking up a second ago. I just like at this point, and I mentioned this uh, with uh, some conversation with uh, John Coniff, who actually brought it up last year, and <laughs> said he doesn't think the the Padres brass has the balls to do it, but. You know, they put up a graphic on screen, which just reminded me of the conversations we've had about Hosmer just raking in its right-handed pitching, where it's like, at what point do you just decide, you know what, unless it's like, you know, a Margavichis or Lauer type of lefty, just some soft tosser. Like, Derek Holland's actually pretty solid. Like, if it's somebody Derek Holland or better, like, maybe we just sit Hosmer and we stick Renfro in the outfield and move Myers to first. Um, and just try to play the platoon. Well, that's absolutely what they should have been doing, dude. They and, should be doing it. They're not at, going to. Well, you but look they at should. now, but
1: like they, they have those, they have those games. Um, I haven't noticed one recently, but they have those games where there's, um, you know, a, a lefty up there, and they want to get all the boppers in, so they put Myers out in center, and um, there's, Osmer. there's Osmer. there's Hosmer right at first base. Like everyone, dude, there's one clear solution to me, and that's to put Will Myers at first base. Get Hosmer out of there, because you get Margot in there. Margot's been on fire this year. You get Margot out there, um, you get Renfro, you have Reyes. So that way you don't sacrifice that much defensively, if any at all, because you get to keep Margot out in center, and you get to keep Will Myers out of center. Um, and you put you put Will Will Myers at first base where he's fine, like he's just fine at first. And you get Hosmer's terrible bat against lefties out of the lineup. Like that's what I want to see. And I think your idea of Holland are better, Hosmer sits. I love that. And, and, yeah. And I hope that they, I hope that they don't get um, wrangled into the oh well, you know he makes too much money. He can't be, you know he can't be that guy. He has to play every day. Don't fall into that trap. Like fall into the trap to where you do whatever it takes to win the games. Like who cares what people are making? It doesn't matter. Like once they sign the contract, it doesn't matter. You're, um, you, you want a manager that constructs a lineup that gets the most out of everyone's abilities. And by having Hosmer face these tough lefties, you're not doing that. And by taking Margot out of the game, you're not doing that.
0: No, you're not. because now Not you're, at this point, at you're, least. You're sacrificing offense from a position uh, or from a player who's not producing. I mean, not even like – he's worse than Yonder Alonso right now, Padre Yonder Alonso. I yeah. mean, Yonder Alonso was better than him last year offensively, and he's probably better. I haven't looked it up, but I would argue he's probably better right now. And he's making twenty million dollars total on his contract. Yeah, and you know, and like you said, you know, you're putting Myers in center. Who we know, like, I have no doubt Myers has the range. I mean, Myers' sprint speed is well above average. So I have no it's doubt. Amongst the highest in the game, yeah. actually. Yeah, I have no doubt that he has the athletic ability to play center field. But he takes some of the worst routes out there. Like he's near and around the ball when it lands, but because he took an awful route, he doesn't catch it. So you're sacrificing defense in a division where. Every park is pretty big. Arizona's yeah. huge. The ball just flies. Colorado, of course, field is ginormous. That is a big field. It is. Petco's obviously big. Uh, Dodger Stadium might be the smallest, quote-unquote, um, of the... Uh, it seems like the most symmetrical, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's the cookie-cutter stadium. Right. So, but, so you, you have, you're sacrificing defense to try to stack the lineup, which I can understand, but you're doing that while also taking out a right-handed bat to keep a left-handed bat who statistically, you know, over his career has not hit left handed pitching like at all. And he's not hitting at all. He's hitting I just looked it up right now, I think two thirteen off of righties and two fourteen off of lefties. So he's just been bad. Period. (laughs) Point blank period. Like he's just been awful.
1: Is he to the point yet? To where we start to hope that he gets popped for <laughs> or
0: Coke. <laughs> I kind of hope. Is he at
1: the hedges level yet? <laughs> you know what I hope?
0: My hope has been, I, I was hoping for this last year, like, they just try to, like, they just randomly, like, Preller goes, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll put him through waivers. What the hell? Maybe, well, we'll see. Like, put him through waivers just to see. And some dumb team, maybe, like, the Royals go and, like, they just put a claim on him for, you know, shits and giggles. And then probably the just stepped back and goes, okay, you can have him back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we, somebody, we know that's never going to happen. I mean, it might. I mean, I've seen uh, – Vernon Wells found a team. True. Vernon yeah. Wells found a team. So, I mean, it, it could happen. That's how he got stuck with Randy Myers. I, I still feel like – I still feel like Hosmer brings brings a lot to the team. I mean, he's clearly liked in the dugout. I mean, clearly he's, he's a leader. I feel like the young,
1: yeah. the, the young players look up to him for sure. Yeah. And, and I feel like having him and Machado as kind of like the, the cornerstones – um of the guys uh, or of the team to lead these young guys i really like that aspect and i feel like at this point everyone else is picking it up offensively so much to where his lack of production isn't as glaring as it has been in years past when he struggled or when will myers struggled there was no one <clears throat> no one else there no and now that we have a, a stronger supporting cast his struggles aren't that pronounced like, like, we notice it. They're not it. as
0: noticeable as I mean. Like,
1: we notice it, but if you look at it overall, it's not yeah. like we're falling into losing streets because Eric Cosmer isn't yeah. hitting. We're like, not
0: dwelling on his production. Like I think, is, which, is what we're going exactly, for. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
1: like we're doing as well as we're doing right now without him hitting. You know what I mean? So, there's going to come a point where maybe Machado, maybe Tats. Well, maybe Tatis. I think Machado's going to be Machado. Yeah. But um, – maybe Tati slows down just a little bit. Maybe Margot comes down to earth a little bit, or Myers. And then maybe that's when Hosmer starts his ascent. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and maybe it comes to a point where he's carrying us. I don't foresee him carrying
0: the team. I don't either, because even last year when he was doing really – remember that stupid, hi, I'm Eric Hosmer. I get yeah. paid to hit dingers. And, yeah. you know, run run for like over a, almost a month. Like, yeah. even when he quote-unquote bounced back, like, he wasn't that good. I want to say like a three nine, like. He had a 390 slugging. He had a 330 something on base. Like, for a first, like if that was my second baseman, sweet, (laughs) I love you, DJ LeMahieu. But as my first baseman, oh, we got an alert. Um, But as my first baseman, like I think at some point, like you have to step, take a step back, and ask, like, yeah, we know the kids love him. Yes, we know he's a leader in the clubhouse, and you know he's he's always on the top step. You know he's very vocal. He's what we wanted him from that standpoint. Like what he brings behind, yeah, behind closed doors. But at what point do you take a step back and ask yourself, how much is that worth when we're running him out there four times a night and he's putting up bow first? Right. Like at what point does 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 playing him and, you know, does his leadership qualities and his, his character and his personality, at what point are you sacrificing wins on the field, which I think Andy Green is legitimately trying to win right now because of what he's been handed to start the year. Like at what point does he have to take a step back and go, you know what, I love what he brings to the table. But I can't have him as my first baseman anymore. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And, and I'm also interested to see, like, if uh,
1: if Naylor just rips the cover off the ball. Like, yeah. I'll be interested to see, like, what's the boiling point? Like, do they cash in on Naylor? Do they, do they trade him as part of a package for an arm? Um, I mean, he's blocked, man. He's blocked. He's Even not going to come out and play left. Yeah, that's a good point. Even with the DH. I mean, they can rotate in and out. And, and there's never – There's never an issue with having too much depth. I don't think a team can have too
0: much depth. Renfro is a prime example of that. I know people want Renfro to take more at-bats. The reality is he's a 300-on-base guy. So picking and choosing spots for Renfro is perfect. Mediocre right-handed pitching and lefties. Like, that's perfect for him. So I think you could do that with Naylor. But then you also have Reyes, Jen You also have Cordero, Mm -hmm. um, who, I mean, he seems to be really injury-prone apparently. But they have so much depth that I think at some point, like, I would love to see Naylor up. I just don't see a way for him to to move up considering what they already have. Um, so I, I think at some point, you know, he's probably cashing on Naylor to get some pitching. I yeah. mean, really. That's that's what I would think. Because, I mean, there was part of me where I was like, uh, you
1: know, maybe he wanders around in the outfield for a few years. And then, and then Hosmer opts out. But the way it's
0: looking now, dude. Hosmer ain't opting out. He no. might as well tell him right now, I ain't leaving, boys. Yeah. Unless he I ain't he leaving. Unless yeah. he retires. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some more depth. So we were pretty excited a week ago because a week ago the news broke. Um, right before uh, we came on air, that uh, Urias was coming back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he started that game too. I want to say, like, yeah, he did. Yeah. So, and we're then he sat excited. the next day. Yeah, he's and, and it's kind of been off and on since because we we were excited, but only with the condition that he was going to play every single day. Now he has played rather consistently. He kind of gets he plays a couple games, he sits, he plays a couple games, but overall, I, I want to get your thoughts on on my take on this. And I mentioned this before off air, of course, but. It feels like, even though he is playing rather consistently, he got to start at second. He started at second. He got to start at short. He started at third, I believe, yesterday to give Manny the day off. It feels like Green is utilizing Arias as a utility player. And my thinking behind it is, I don't think he has the balls to just flat out bench Ian Kinsler. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't think he, I like, it's one thing for Hosmer because you can, like, Hosmer's hitting the ball hard, maybe a slight adjustment, I don't know, maybe starting his hands lower, or maybe, you know, maybe getting his leg kick going a little sooner, you know, try to get him out in front, you know, maybe there's something you can do to take advantage of him hitting the ball pretty, pretty freaking hard, right? Like, it's one thing, like, you showed me before we started recording Ian Kinsler's uh, baseball sponsor. Yeah, his He's baseball terrible. sponsor. His sprint speed sucks. His hard-hit percentage is virtually zero. Um, Everything is ice cold ex- on him. Exit here. velocity is low. Like, there is nothing he brings to the table at this point. Like, defensively, like, he does okay, but, you know, you can get that from Greg Garcia. You could probably get that from Esteban Quiros. Right. Really, who I would like to see being used as a utility guy at second and third. So I, I feel like at this point, like... I understand not benching Hosmer. I think that would be really ballsy, and to a point, I can see that being the wrong move, just because I think he'll snap out of it at least enough. Yeah. Whereas with Kinsler, he's useless. He is. He would be if he's this year's Chase Headley. The problem is we owe him like eight million dollars over two years, and I don't think the manager, unlike last year with Villanueva, has the balls to bench him. I don't think. Green well,
1: believes in Arias. Tell me what what makes what makes you think that? That he doesn't have the balls to bench Kinsler. He hasn't you, benched him.
0: You think he's scared of him? I don't think he's scared of him. I think with Green, number one, it has long been rumored um and whispered that Andy Green likes the gritty hustler <laughs> yeah. because that's what he was. He was a no-bat, you know, infielder who had to hu- he was Tim Flannery. Right? He was Tim Flannery. That's why that's why we think he likes Jankowski, because right. Jankowski couldn't hit water in a rainstorm, but for some reason or another, he is constantly out there. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with Kinsler. You know, he's a he's a grinder. He's a he's going out there. He's going to hustle. He's going to lay out. He's going to get dirty. He's going to break up the double plays. He's going to work the count. Man, he's going to grind out these at-bats, right? And then he goes out there and goes 0 for 5. He gets blown away by 88-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastballs down the dick. The only thing he can hit is a curveball, and he hits it at, like, 75 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like – bar- we said this last week. He barrels balls up, and they go to medium center, like, left field. Yeah. So I, I just – it's based on the track record of Andy Green so far that A, I think he's iffy on younger guys, um, and B, more so than that, I just think like based on how he's using Urias right now, who should undoubtedly like unless there's hamstring issues and you're just trying to get him spot starts, Urias should be playing eighty to ninety percent of the time. Like, you know, give him the day off, you know, give him the Sunday start, give Kinsler the Sunday start. That's fine, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know, okay, if you want to move Urias to third base to give Manny a day off because he had played like sixteen straight or whatever, okay, I'm okay with that. Once in a while, like once or twice. Manny played every game last year. Manny plays yeah. Manny plays over 150 to 155 games every year. Yeah, and I'm fine. So but and he's gonna need so he's gonna get a day off at some point. I'm okay with that. But like Urias needs to be out there all the time. And at this point, because he's not out there all the time, because Kinsler got so much damn starting time. He like, really has. Yeah, he's got a lot of starting like Iria's playing shortstop to me just told me like, dude, they're gonna break camp with Kinsler, they're gonna give him every opportunity. And unlike the Chase Headley experiment, which ended after like game three, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, the, I mean, he was really quick on that leash. I yeah. almost feel like the front office was like, yeah, no, don't, don't give him a long leash, you know. Well, that cost him thirteen million. It did. But Kinsler cost him eight. I, I, I know, and I don't understand like why, but I just think it comes down to I think Green really liked Villanueva because he liked him the year before. He played him a lot the year before when he right. came up. He Basically handed him the job as, as soon as Headley went like 0 for 4. Oh, via, job's yours. It's <laughs> yeah. your trabajo now. Get out there. Yeah, I just, dude, I, I don't know. Well, I, what do you think? Do you think he has the balls to bench him? I think he does. I, I feel like a
1: lot of times, like it could be players, managers, whatever. I, I feel like they view the game different than we do. I, I feel like Andy is giving Kinsler every opportunity that he possibly can as a reward for his previous performance in his career. I feel like he still thinks that that guy's in there. He still thinks he's somewhere in there, and he wants to win now, and he feels like the guy that he thinks is inside of there can win him ballgames, but it's just not happening. And I'd be okay
0: with that take if they didn't have another guy who's also struggling, but is better than the guy that, like, Urias is a better base runner now than Kinsler is right, he's
1: never been at the major league level. Still, like, for an extended period of Neither has
0: Tatis. Time. So would he bench Tatis yeah, if he was no struggling? Other,
1: who else are they going to put it short? Greg Garcia?
0: Yeah. Urias.
1: <laughs> Urias. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's literally no other option. I, I can see the logic, but I mean, th- my thing is
0: it's like... I'm not saying I agree with it. No. I'm just saying I, I think that that's what it is. Yeah, and maybe you're right. I just, I, I can't understand, like, if you're going to... I mean, he's moved Hosmer down to the five hole. You know, he, he gave Reyes a couple of days off to kind of get a mental breather. Hunter Renfro's basically, like, fighting for his life to get playing time at this point. Yeah. You know, so... And he's been quick to bench guys before, like... I don't know what kind of spring Headley had last year, but it's like, you know, we knew, I didn't think Headley was going to fall off a cliff. I thought he'd be his usual mediocre self. He just, he wasn't at all. But the hook was really quick too. Whereas with like Kinsler, like I get it. You know, you want to see if somebody, if t- there's still some magic in there. There isn't. We've had two years of data now to show us like, there's no magic, right? And it's not like he's hitting into hard luck outs. Hosmer and Reyes are hitting into hard luck outs. They're hitting the ball really hard and they're not getting any, they weren't, well Reyes wasn't, but Hosmer isn't, right? Like, Kinzer's not doing any of that. Like, there's so much data there. I'd be curious to see, like, how can you justify playing this old man when you have a young, what, 21-year-old second baseman who's hit at every level, he's earned his way to the team, he didn't start him with the team, he came back up, he's ready to play now, and now you're platooning him. Like, I, I don't understand what the logic is behind it. It's driving me insane, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, especially... Especially in the fact that he was down in El Paso for like four games, And yeah, then they pulled it him. It's a waste. Like, why pull him up to platoon? He needs to be playing every day. Which is why I think, and I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but but this is why I think that the way that he's being used, Francisco
0: Mejia should be down in AAA. I agree with you. Like, I don't want right him now. To he's go a ba- they're not even splitting time right now. He's no. just he's a backup. And I'm okay with splitting time. I think with the way that catchers are used now in the major leagues, like. You know, if you want – if to me, I think you can have Mejia catch Paddock because his command is so good. You don't got to worry about balls in the dirt. Right. But for other guys, like, who really need the frame strikes, the Lauer, the Margaviches, yeah, you know, give hedges out there. But I feel like they should be going 50-50. But if they're not, they got to give Mejia some reps. Because he had a pass ball last night. But I can't blame the guy when he's only playing once every six games. Yeah. And I mean, you're wasting his bat. Yeah, that is true. God, trade. I wish we had the DH. It would be so much easier.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we got about 20 minutes left here. Oh, boy. So I want to get into the Padre Twitter segment because you guys you guys really showed out again. And I'm really excited to get to it. I uh, love the phone calls. Uh, you want to bring up that thread uh, just in case. I know last week we only did we only did the uh, voicemails, but um, I, I think I saw a couple good ones on that thread that, that I tagged you in earlier. I'll bring it up. But, uh, let's get the uh voicemail started here again i post it every single week every monday um earlier in the day i'm gonna post it and we ask for the phone calls leave a voicemail if you're listening and you're like uh, i don't know like a, maybe eric will answer and i don't want to talk to someone i don't want to talk to him um no it's gonna go straight to voicemail so leave a voicemail we we want to hear from you <laughs> so just give us a call so let's get the uh let's get the first one going here Um, hello, first time caller. Um, you guys may know me. I'm I'm Craig Madero's
0: source. I'm pretty sure you've heard of me. Um, I have a few questions for you guys. Uh, Javi Guerra, I don't know if you guys heard, but he's transitioning to pitching. Guerra. <laughs> uh, I heard he's throwing 98 miles per hour. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, and also, um, I don't really know you guys well, so I cannot tell who the fuck is who in the podcast. <laughs> So, can one of you guys learn the accent? Preferably
1: Australian or English? That would be great. That's all. So, let's talk about the first thing. Did you know that Javi Guerra was moving to the bullpen? I'm pretty sure we. I, I, think, I, I think I heard a podcast one time that had a, a guest on there from madfriars.com. Make sure you subscribe. Drop the coffee. $5, madfriars.com. Um, I feel like I've heard a certain podcast that had a guest on yeah, he that like, went over and
0: stuff right yeah, yeah it
1: went over that exact thing i mean as far as an accent he wanted one of us to to um, do an australian accent or an english accent because he on doesn't the, know the difference
0: i only come on the pod and introduce myself i mean <laughs> our voices do not sound the same
1: so i'm eric if you're brand new i'm eric and
0: Hey, I guess my name is Daniel. And apparently, he's,
1: and he's Daniel. Yeah. As far as accents, I don't think either one of us are going to get no. an accent. No. Um not Australian, not English, but uh, hey, maybe you, Spanish.
0: The and, rate my dating life is going.
1: Yeah, you know what? Hey, you know, maybe I'll just go redneck the rest of the day. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll read the rest of these uh, Twitter questions here,
0: and uh, please don't do that. I'm not going to hold up.
1: <laughs> I'll read these off off here uh, off this thing here, this here phone, and uh, we'll, we'll go
0: this way. Okay. All right. Well, one one thing there, country boy. I do want to get to. Uh, uh, one in the thread here that I liked. Um, this is from Ian at Appreciated SD. Thanks for the listen and the participation, Ian. Good question.
1: Hey, and thank you for the constant reminders that Manny Machado is our third baseman. <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude, he told me, and he was like, man, this is the first time I listen to a 5.5 podcast all the way through, and what do I hear? Eric's shitting on me for, <laughs> for posting every day that Machado is our third baseman. Keep it up, man. I was like, Live oh, of course, that would be the first one he listens to. I've been following that guy forever, dude. He's great. And, of course, the one time I, I bring it up, I'm like, God, all right, enough.
0: It it happens to be the first one he listens (laughs) to. Well, let's make up for it, because he had a really good question here. Um, He wants to get our thoughts on Buddy Reed. Got off to a slow start the first few games. He's been heating up of late. Uh, Doesn't read the greatest of reports on him, but he's wondering uh, what we think his chances of being an impact, or making an impact, at the major league level. I'll go ahead and let you go first, because we've seen quite a bit of Buddy Reed. Well, there was a there was an
1: article on Fangraphs that uh, Padres Farm had shared.
0: I didn't read it. Oh, oh I got my hopes up. I, you saw the light in my eyes. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I didn't down. read it. Calm down, Chief. <laughs> um, but I saw it and I, I skimmed it a little bit,
1: and it sounds like. Uh Buddy and we'll have to ask the guys from Mad but it sounds like Buddy has made a swing adjustment and it's paying dividends. So supposedly he's off to a great a great start. I haven't checked. I haven't looked at his numbers, but I mean as far as him, he, he has the charisma to where I mean you want him to succeed because he seems like he would be a great guy to have on the team. Uh great glue guy. Um but I mean as far as as far as him being a, an everyday or like a solid contributor contributor at the major league level. I'm not sure I totally see it, but the good news is is these players can always develop and prove me wrong. And I'm always proved wrong. So
0: Yeah. Um uh my take on him is I feel like he's um a much more charismatic, likable, lovable Travis Jankowski. Yeah. Like we've seen him in the out he played in the futures game last year. Like we've yeah, seen Buddy great. Reed. He can go get it. Yeah. I mean he's amazing defensively. Um As far as the stick goes, like, yeah, he's hitting, but this is kind of reminiscent of last year where, yeah, he's hitting, like, he's slugging, like, over 600 in AA, which is great until you realize he's going to turn 24. Like, just to give you an idea, Renfro was, I'm pretty sure, up already by age 24. Like, Reed was a college bat he couldn't hit. He didn't hit his first year. He hit his second year, but that was last year. I don't know, second or third year, but that was in Elsinore when he was well above the the, uh, league average for age. And now he's in double-A when he really should probably be in triple-A. Yeah. So I think he can impact at the major league level in a way that Jankowski does, where if you come in, you know, he can be a late-inning base-running uh, replacement uh, guy or a base-running... A late-inning sub on the bases where he makes an impact that way because he's blazing fast. His defense is amazing, so maybe you can move him to, like, left or right with Margot uh, in center, and then you have this awesome you know tandem in the outfield late in the games. Um, but from an offensive standpoint, I don't see it. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to buy what he's doing in double-A. Considering he's 24, like he should be closer than that. Yeah, I mean we're all rooting for him, but I
1: just, I personally, oh, of course, I, I personally don't see it. But um, as always, very happy to be proven wrong. Uh, let's hear from, let's hear from Ryan. Let's hear from Ryan Cohen. What's up,
0: guys? This is Ryan Cohen. Uh, I was at the game Monday night. Framio Reyes big home run pinch hit in San Francisco. Super fun. After uh, after the big home run, Bob Scamlin posted a video in which Framio Reyes yelled. The expletive Friars are back, or, I'm not exactly sure, the expletive Giants are whack, and I have listened to the video possibly about a hundred times. I want to know what you guys thought. Scanlon thought it was the Friars are back. I really want to think it was the Giants are whack, because they are. Go pod. Uh, looking forward
1: to the pod. Count. 5.5. <laughs> thank you, God. I love that kid Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, he's he's the best. Did you see that what he's talking about? No, I
0: didn't. I was wondering what the, I saw it. So I've been, on, I've been, we both been moving. Yeah. Now I haven't had any help. We moved on the same day. <laughs> I've been yeah. a one man Mexican moving crew, <laughs> um, which I'm still going to do tonight after I leave this lovely studio. Oh, but, nice. And so, I would like to personally thank your cousin for helping me move yeah, yeah, on your choosing moving day. you over me. Now, now, now and in all fairness, that's my best man. Yeah, you did, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, we all know who the real best man was uh-huh. based on who was lined up with who. Now back. Back to the matter, you did book him before I did, so yeah. that's a little bit, you you're well ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, as far as Fran Mill goes, I would say, and I didn't get to hear it, but I didn't hear about it, and I saw somebody already came up with like a shirt, which was pretty quick. Yeah. I want one. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, because he does have an accent, um, I cannot see, I can't see him mixing up Giants and Friars, so I'd have to say the fucking Friars are back. I was trying not to drop any F-bombs today, but <laughs> I would have to go with that instead of the fucking Giants are whack. That's what I think it is too. Yeah, uh, I Myers. mean, Frambo doesn't seem like the guy that uses the word whack.
1: No, you know what I mean. And even if
0: he did, I don't think he's the type of guy. Like the only the only people that are gonna, to me, in my opinion, shit on the other team like that are guys who are like insecure. Like Frambo's not insecure. No, this guy is my machismo. Well, this so, this was a game to where
1: they had they had to come back yeah. and Framil hit the big home run to put him over the top. So I I fully believe that he came in there. He's like the fucking
0: Friars are back. Yeah, dude, hundred
1: percent believe that. And Ryan, I'm right there with you. I've watched that at least hundred times. Oh God, I oh, love when it. when
0: he hit it, I was packing. When he hit it, I startled. Now I was in the room um, with the Fox Sports Go uh, Fox Sports Go app. Right. My mom had it on live TV, so she was ahead of me. And all I hear is like loud clapping and my mom getting. I was like, oh something big. Oh oh, get out, get the fuck. Yeah! 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 Screaming My poor dog is you know, hiding in the corner Not knowing what's going on yeah. And then a punch of, uh, you know, because I have the Roku TV I just hit the back button for a nice little 5 second jump back And I probably watched it on the Roku TV About 10 times and I think I watched it yesterday again, just to get the vibe on the uh, well, on the uh, internets there. I was referring to the video that Scan posted. So Scan, oh, I haven't watched that. I've just Scan watched the whole posts
1: run. a lot of videos of dugout reactions. Oh, he does. They yes. have been gold, dude. And so yeah, that particular video of Mill Young, the the fucking Friars are back love it
0: dude i love uh, that fire yeah I, I love it i love it too so yeah. i'm gonna go ahead and say it was the friars are back one i, yeah. I think that's the best that's one. what i think it is Closest. now now i have a
1: theory as to who this is because i've 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 kind of recognized the voice but uh i'll i'll see if you think i'm right hey guys just
0: wondering how danny was doing after eric stabbed him in the back and fucking left him and we went on 1090 i mean jesus eric
1: Who's your favorite basketball player? Fucking Kevin Durant. <laughs> Hope Danny's doing okay. On the show, guys. Later. I'm going to go out on a limb. I've watched a lot of Periscopes. I think that's Craig Meddy. It might be. That's Craig Meddy for sure. So he wants... He doesn't...
0: It, it might be like, I just got off of work at my nah. government job, Craig Meddy, because it doesn't sound like Periscope Craig Meddy. That's,
1: that's Craig Meddy. So yeah. how are you
0: doing after I stabbed you in the back and went to 1090? Well, you're still here, buddy. So uh, <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day... You can go look at all the hussies at the mall. You come home to me.
1: Yep. Yep. So, dude, I, I just want to say again, like, that time at 1090, like, I can't think Woods and You were great, by the way. I'm so proud you.
0: of you. I had a tear in my eye. Part Thank of it you. was jealousy. Like, <laughs> it should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you were jealous as fuck, but. Not um, as fuck. Relax. Dude, I was. Very proud of you. The,
1: like, I've been listening to 1090 my whole life, and, like, to be invited in, like, you know, here's what it is. So. Ben was gonna. Ben was supposed to be on vacation, and Woods, you know, me, Woods, Mazone and Rich have a group chat going. He's like, "Hey guys, Ben's on vacation. You want to come hang out for an hour?" Like it wasn't, you know, contrary to what some people may believe on Padres Twitter, it wasn't, you know, him hand selecting. Like, hey, I want people to to represent Padres Twitter, and it's only going to be these guys. Yeah, he didn't that I like want up vet. There.
0: Like, okay, here's, it was like, here's hey, I've the known these guys now. for literally years.
1: Yeah. I trust these guys. Let's come on. Let's come on there and see how it goes. So. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it was it was a great time, and uh, I I had a lot of fun. No, you
0: did very well. I was a little jealous, but I was I I thought it was amazing. You guys were on. It was a lot of fun, dude. Oh, I bet it it Um, really
1: was. And thanks to HJ Priller for bringing bacon.
0: Yeah, that's the best part. Wait a minute, I was like, wait a minute, what? That's HJ Priller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good! I told him I was back on was keto. It, was it IHOP or Denny's bacon? It was, was from it? the taco shop. Oh, was it? I yeah. thought I heard IHOP or Denny's. No, no, it was, no, it was, fra- it was from the taco shop. T- it was oh, that's really right. Good. Oh, taco shop bacon. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So great. Um, he loves
1: he loves clowning on me because I'm back on keto now for the
0: Suedeo Science diet. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. You and me both, brother. Now, I do want to get to a tweet. This is a pretty good one because it's been a hot topic of late. Luke Thoreau. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. At it's uh, Luke Thoreau, but uh, L U six E. That's Lujan's cousin, is it? Yeah. There you go. I'm sorry, Luke, that uh, Lujan's your cousin. Now <laughs> back to the matter at hand. How do y'all? How do y'all feel about the Diamondbacks' bitch ass broadcasters, Eric? Oh, dude, I. <sighs> The worst dog whistling racist piles of
1: shit we have heard so far. And I'm sure they had nothing to say when Mejia was thrown at in two outs. Oh, of course not. Top of the ninth, up by four. I'm sure. I mean, that's not bush league. That's baseball,
0: I'm right? I'm sure. I'm sure if he Fuck spoke English, guys, he would have been able to get out of the way, right, Bob? Fuck those guys. What a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah I can, and I, I tag every time I put something out there. I will tag MLB because that is <laughs> horsemen. Like, what is? I was like, what is this horseshit? Like this dog whistling shit. Like. If he, he the bike chain comment, the Bushley comment, like you know damn well, and I don't like to bring, like I don't like pulling the race card. I hate that idea. Even though this is the second time he pulled it today, or is it the third? Maybe the fourth, actually. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, in all in all seriousness, right? Like in all seriousness, like this keeps going on and on and on. And Brentley has a history of it. Yeah. Like it's he, not like he this really is the does. first time. Like he has a history of doing this shit. So yeah, it's like at some point, like. It'd be nice if MLB cracked down and said, hey, look, like you guys can't be doing this shit. Like We can't run the Let the Kids Play commercial and then have you come out here and talk shit about a 20 year old kid who is lighting the world on fire. And you should be talking up for the brand of the sport in which you represent and saying, oh, if he didn't have a bike chain on, you racist <laughs> prick. Yeah. Moving on. I, I completely agree. Hold on, let me play another, another one here because it has to
1: do with the uh, Diamondbacks broadcasters here.
0: Oh, good. Hey, guys, it's Devin. So, uh, given everything that's happened with the Padres and Diamondbacks over the last series, um, I see that the Diamondbacks are coming back in May. Is it possible that we could cross on my trip out to San Diego in May so that I could beat the fuck out of Bob Brenly with an actual bike chain? <laughs> I do not fully endorse that, uh, Devin, but uh, if it happened to happen, I would not be sad. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, are, are we going to crowdfund a trip for him to come out here and, quote, beat the fuck out of Bob Brownlee with an actual bike chain? No, I think that's being. That's an very dark. Yeah, that's very. That's, <laughs> that's a accomplice scene. So, I think uh, I'm going
0: to forego that. But if somebody wants to crowdfund you, then uh, I will not be against it. I will not tell you no. I yeah. just will not give you any of my money. That's, that's very interesting. So, I think. Um, let's see. We
1: got. We got about five five minutes left, maybe seven minutes. So I want to focus on the voicemails because we got we still have a few more to get through here. So um, we're going to move now into the SDSU does not deserve the Qualcomm site portion of the podcast <laughs> with our next our next caller here. Hi Eric and Danny, it's Alec Weber at Alec Weber nineteen on Twitter. First off, shout out Danny for going for you today. It was a pleasure to watch. Second, I got a nice little uh, hypothetical. Would you rather for you? Oh God. Would you rather have Bob Brentley as the Padres' home announcer or would you rather have Brian Mitchell back on the active roster pitching every five days? Some real food for thought here, boys. Looking forward to another great episode. Have a good one and happy tax day. <laughs> Who the fuck says Happy Tax Day? Apparently, to, to apparently podcast.
0: the uh, Twitter account uh, right. things white people do.
1: Hey guys, Happy Tax Day! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so on brand for both those guys, dude. So on brand. So what would you rather do? Would you rather have Bob Brimley announcing all Padre games? I'm
0: trying to remember if I. Or would to you know. rather have Brian Mitchell throwing every fifth day? Oh God. Um... I would, honest to God, rather ha- I have more faith that Brian Mitchell will pull a fluke start out of his ass than me enjoying Bob Brenly and his racist rants. Yeah,
1: I feel like it would get old real quick
0: yeah. with Bob Brenly. He would be dogging the shit out of Machado, jogging up the line. Yep. A- Tatis with his flair. Can you imagine if he had 162 games of Fran Reyes? Oh, dude. Oof. Oh, this I- would be the wrong team for him. I can't, dude. I I absolutely
1: can't. Yeah, Bob Brenly is terrible. Um, that guy from the Braves, was it Joe Simpson, I think is
0: his name, or something like
1: that. I mean, he's d- terrible. You know, you're bad when Padre fans are like, Yeah, you know, I'd rather have Brian Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, that's um, a death knell, really. Yeah, plus, uh, Alec got a Brian Mitchell jersey at FanFest at the garage sale. Oh, no wonder. So, so he'll get to uh, rock that. So I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, let's go to the uh, next caller, uh, USD alum. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy,
0: Timo, at Uncle Timo, once again. My question is for Danny. Just wanted to know, since so you like to talk a big game about how he's always going to spend money on this or that, buy a jersey, get some tickets, whatever, when do you guys to stop being a bitch using DHgate and actually get that Fernando Tatis jersey? I'll
1: take my answer on the air. Thanks.
0: Fucking guy. <sighs> you so, son of a
1: bitch. When are you going to stop using DHK? You told me about a couple DH Gate jerseys that you bought. Uh, oh, you ruined you the surprise.
0: Um, I'm probably going to – I really want the brown, but I do want to wait um, until they come out to see what the next years look like. So I feel like a gate is safe for now because it's a $20 investment. And then when <laughs> next year comes around, I think i uh, ready to dive in. And not the uh, $100 version. I want the uh, that three hundred dollar the one that really? culture for, yeah. I hey, love dude, doing you, big time, huh? I used to be you know, back before I had a kid and I got married and all that other I had to be responsible. Mm. I would blow all kinds of money on stuff. Yeah. All kinds of money. And now it's like I was like, Oh, I could spend three hundred and thirty dollars on a jersey or that's about three hundred juice boxes for my daughter. <laughs> But uh, probably next year, because I want to see can <laughs> She can sink, drink water. We drink water as a water in Escondido? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. At that's... least,
1: and I'm not in Bear Valley Escondido either. Yeah, we have a couple, or we have another uh, Would You Rather. Oh, this um, is good. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like this game. Hey, this is Sam Nair, Sam Nair24. Which would it be worth for you guys? Having your kids be diehard Dodgers fans, or have your kids absolutely hate baseball? So what would be worse if your if your kid is a die okay? Let's say for Mia, let's say Mia is a diehard Dodger fan. What's worse, that or have her just hate baseball? Every time baseball's on, be like, Dad, turn this off. What's the worst?
0: I would have to say she hated baseball because at least if she's we've seen you see couples right. Oh, we have a buddy, Eddie. Our buddy Eddie, his he's a diehard Giants homer. Yeah. Right. Even when they're bad last year, it's okay, guys. We can turn it around. You know, and then his wife is a diehard Padre fan. There's a funny dynamic there. And there's like a shit-talking dynamic there where you can go back and forth. It's brilliant, right? If she absolutely hated baseball, something I podcast about on Mondays, uh, company softball on Fridays, adult baseball on Sundays, and Padre (laughs) games every night, and on the radio, uh, my life would be ruined (laughs) because I would have nothing. Yeah. daddy i don't want to listen to this turn this shit off like it'd be awful yeah it'd be terrible i imagine it's what my uh my mom went through with all of her other children sans me i I would kind
1: of i'm not gonna say i would enjoy it but i would embrace the hell out of my son or my daughter being a diehard dodger fan i would talk so much shit yeah exactly like (laughs) our, our boy aj dude diehard padre fan his dad your uncle die hard Dodger fan dude we have some of the best Texas change ever. yeah
0: when we're shit talk Group bread is glorious. Yeah
1: so it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have my kid be a fan of a team that I hate because yeah. I love to
0: talk shit yeah and and how what better way to do it than your own flesh and blood Not to mention you can do uh, you can do the uh, <laughs> the troll game you want to go over your uh, troll game with the guy at work one more time? Which one the uh, when the Dodgers lost the World Series? Oh yeah
1: yeah, my buddy at work Dodger fan. Uh, when they lost the World Series, the next day when I showed up to work, uh, I made sure I got there before him and on his desk I put a sympathy card condolences, sorry for your loss and a snickers bar. And I wrote in the card and I said, hey Seuss, I was like, hey Seuss, have a snickers homie, you're not yourself when the Dodgers lose. And so he, he shows up, dude, and I'm watching him like a hawk. I'm waiting for that door to open and have him come in. And he walks in. He doesn't even look over at me, dude. And he goes to his seat, and he looks down at his desk, and he just kind of looks up in there like, God, man. Because he knew exactly
0: who it was. So,
1: yeah, if I can, if I can do stuff with that, you know, yeah, with my own can, kids,
0: yeah. You can I, have that fun dynamic because uh, we were talking about my uncle, and, and Craig Betty will know. Craig, you can go tell him when you when you hear this. When the Padres signed Machado, and then it broke news that Tatis was coming, he tried to talk all kinds of shit. But it's that shit talking where you can tell this dude's scared. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> ever since then, I, I think we told, "What color Machado jersey do you want? Do you want brown? <laughs> do you want to wait till next year?" So I think it'd be cool. I mean, I I would love her to love the Padres like I do. I'm hoping that's what's going on. But if she did uh, love the Dodgers, then I mean, that'd be a cool dynamic to have. You just sit there and shit talk your daughter for the rest of your life yeah you know i i want to talk shit to my to
1: my kids too yeah. like i that's the thing i'm looking forward to most with having a kid is to be able to talk shit to yeah. them and put them down and feel terrible no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the next one right. hey guys
0: this is patrick daly twitter handle is patrick daly i uh, just wanted to comment on how good the plodgers are doing but uh just want to make sure we don't uh, Get away from the fact that Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in a single game while playing for the Polk High School Panthers in the 1966 City Championship versus Andrew Johnson Johnson High School, including the game-winning touchdown in the final seconds against his old nemesis, Spare Tire Dixon.
1: Never forget, don't let the Padres distract you from this fact. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for that, Patrick. You know, I... I don't really have anything to say to that.
0: <laughs> All I have to say is that I don't care how old that show is. You can pop on any episode of Married with Children, and Al Bundy is the fucking man.
1: Yeah. Still.
0: Yeah. That so, show holds up beautifully.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely hear I definitely hear what he's saying. What I want to remind you guys is no matter how well the potteries are doing, don't let that distract you from telling a friend about the dangers of marijuana. So let's go to Oh, we don't man. have
0: any tributes this week? No. Nobody's cousin died? No, no one's cousin died this Thank week. Thank God. I think our word's finally getting out. Yeah, it is. So here's the next
1: one. Hey, guys. Tim here
0: at SD Hat Guy. Uh, I had a really important question, and I wanted to kind of bring back uh, one of my favorite bits. Uh, I wanted to ask you both how many pints of swinging fryer ale can you drink before you start
1: feeling tipsy? Uh, of course, I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> how many pints of swing and fryer ale can you drink before you start to feel tipsy? Um, how many pints
0: are in the giveaway cups that they have, do you think? I don't know. I
1: think it's, I think that's a pint.
0: That's one pint? Yeah. Um. I think mine is three. Three? Yeah. Because you had six Yeah. when we went to Beer Fest. Yes. And, you and were... I had a couple of the day before. I have like eight cups right now.
1: Yeah. So you had six at Beer Fest, and you were walking around introducing yourself as, hey, I'm 5.5 Dan from the 5.5 podcast. Was I really? You absolutely were. And I wanted to crawl into a hole and fucking die. I don't remember that at all. Are you sure? I was even blacked Dude, out. Dude, I swear to God you were. I was sitting there, and I made sure. Put it this way here's how I know you were. When I saw you do it to more people, I
0: turned around and walked away. I was like, I was like I'm getting away from this I'm not guy doubting as fast it happened. as I can. I'm not doubting it happened. I just don't recall. And I didn't black out. I remember pretty much everything. I it said, was
1: the most cringeworthy thing.
0: Well, I apologize. That I have ever seen in my life. I apologize. As
1: far as me, I'm uh, a,
0: Probably three, though.
1: As far as me, I'm a big dude, but I'm a lightweight because I don't drink that much.
0: Part of it, I think, is because we do keto and it just makes us inc- – well, it makes me incredibly uh, – Incredibly susceptible to alcohol, yeah. Particularly shots, um, but I think after about two or three, I start feeling pretty toasty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's a good call. I think with Fire Ale, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, it's got 5.5. Uh, a, <laughs> was it ABV whatever. Yes, it
0: does. Um. Yeah. I, I I'll say four. Yeah, I'll say four. I'll, that's I'll, fair.
1: I'll get a nice. That's very bigger dude. Nice little buzz. Going I do want
0: to say I did think of Mr. Hat guy today because I'm still unpacking, so I had all my fitted caps like in a nice little box on uh-huh. their own to maintain them. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, like, God, I have, like, so many. No, no, I don't have that many hats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did that make you sad? Uh, No, because I used to have more, and I've kind of downsized. But uh, (laughs) live for your passion, because if I could have more and and wear more, I would definitely, definitely buy more hats. So I'll live vicariously. Let's hear what Cook has to say. Oh, God. Hey, guys. It's Cook again. (laughs) I'm thinking that if Dustin Renfro starts wearing a bike chain, I think some of the talent from the other guys on the team might rub off on him. And he wouldn't be the worst player in the history of baseball anymore. Just with that. Go Mejia.
1: <laughs> Dude, Cook hates Dustin
0: Renfro. Why does he hate Dustin Hunter Renfro? Like, he I don't absolutely hate Renfro. hates him. Yeah, And I hate guys that don't walk.
1: Yeah, he everything Renfro does, he hops all over it, and it's the funniest thing. Cause like, I mean, with Renfro, I don't hate Renfro. It's just he kind of he is what he is, man. And like, low if, on base, big pop. Yeah, and if if and a lot of players are like that on the Padres, and I feel like if you expect anything more of them, then you're going to be disappointed. And I I feel like, I feel like, dude, if you follow his tweets during the game, anytime Renfro makes an error, anytime Renfro strikes out, it's dude, it's really really entertaining so make sure you follow him what is it at cook 17 um yeah just just great great content why does he hate
0: i'm still trying to figure no i don't think the chain's gonna do anything i mean i don't think it's gonna fix his uh plate discipline but it'd be fun to watch that'd be great if he went out there with like a deer antler necklace so you guys go out there with like shark (laughs) teeth necklaces yeah like if he just had chopped up deer antlers on a necklace yeah That would with, be the, great. with a camo sleeve on one of his arms. So we have a return caller here
1: uh, for a second take of the day. Hey, it's Sam again. MLB.com has a power ranked at 14, and ESPN has the Padres at
0: 13. But it's a little early for that in the season. So instead, can you power rank Vanessa Kensington, Felicity Shagwell, Foxy Cleopatra,
1: and each of your wives who may or may not be listening to the show? <laughs>
0: I didn't catch all those names. Foxy Shagwell, did I hear that right? Felicity Shagwell. Felicity Shagwell. Foxy Cleopatra. Vanessa Kensington. Wasn't that Foxy Cleopatra, wasn't that Beyonce's name in the last uh, Austin Powers movie?
1: Dude, you know what, Sam? You got me there on those names. If those are porn stars, and I have a feeling that those are porn stars... I have no idea who any porn stars are. I can't tell you who their names are, and it's not. It, this isn't a thing like, oh, come on, Eric. He's just playing. I have no idea who any of their names are because um, the route to go is to go to X videos, pick the hottest one.
0: You know what? I'm, I just, I just, I mentioned the Beyonce thing. I'm pretty sure they're, uh, I'm pretty sure they're Austin Powers. You know, they have like Bond girls. Oh. I'm pretty sure they're Austin Powers girls. Now, so we're talking about. Uh, oh, now I forget her name. Oh, and um, I, I went straight to porn. Yeah. Beyonce, Beyonce <laughs> Heather Graham. Who was the, the other one? Uh, I don't know. Foxy Cleopatra, Felicity Shagwell. I think he's talking about Elizabeth Hurley. Uh, so of those three, now I'm not married, so I can say this. Um, well, I, so, I just said yeah. go to X videos and find the hottest chicks. Well, that's so. a fair point. Yeah, nonetheless, my wife listens if to the I had podcast. to pick the three, give me Elizabeth Hurley, that British accent every time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Yeah. Let's end Pretty the lot. Padres Twitter segment with probably the worst call that we've ever got.
0: Oh God! And that's, that's a high bar. And that's that's saying a lot. Yes, it is. How good do you think Mills' long is? Not just talking length, but width and girth too. And do you think he has the biggest in the league? <laughs>
1: How big do you think Framel Reyes Schlong is?
0: I would uh, venture to Are we see... really going to answer that? Oh, why not? He asked the question. He deserves an answer, Eric. Fan participation. Go ahead. You give your answer, and I'll give mine. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, if Franville decided he wanted to play baseball anymore, I'm sure he'd have no problem in gonzo porn. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: my answer for that is as far as Framel Reyes is Schlong, I don't know. I don't know how big it is, I don't know what it tastes like. Ha uh, <laughs> But if you want the answer, the East Village Times podcast is back with James Clark and Patrick Brewer, So make sure you guys take a look out for them. And uh, until next week, guys, we'll check in with you. We're God out of here. God
0: almighty.